bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7-365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. Already a number one bestseller on Amazon, America's Test Kitchen teamed up with National Geographic to bring us an extraordinary culinary experience in their new cookbook, Tasting Italy, A Culinary Journey. And I'm joined today by the Chief Creative Officer of America's Test Kitchen, Jack Bishop. So thank you, Jack, for joining me today. Thank you, Lori. Uh, Happy to be speaking with you about my favorite subject, Italy. Well, you know, I want to tell you congratulations on what already is proving to be a huge success with both your readers and home cooks. It's doing so well already pre-selling. And just an observation that, that, that I got going through the book was that it was more than just a project. It was almost a labor of love with so many personal touches throughout the book. Yeah, I'm personally so excited to be sharing this book. Um, I grew up in a family with uh, an Italian grandmother, um, and so this is the food of my childhood, my first real love in the kitchen, um, and to really bring to life the diversity of Italian food, because I think for people who haven't been there or haven't traveled extensively in Italy, they don't realize how varied the food is Uh, throughout uh, Italy from north to south, and that the ingredients, the traditions, the dishes uh, just come to life with, of course, all this amazing photography from National Geographic. Well, you did a really good job of connecting the reader to the terroir, to the culture, to the people, and just like wine that you also touched on here in the book, and and we can talk about that in a little bit, but when, when you explain that history and you show those pictures and you tell that story and then you go into the dish, it gives it so much more complexity, so much more connection between what's going on that, that you put on the page and, and the actual reader. You really have a, a, a complete, almost full circle experience happening. Yeah, we really wanted to tell the entire story, not just for you to be able to uh, get recipes that you could make at home and get a taste of Italy wherever you are, um, you know, wherever you are living, um, but to really give you a sense of the history, the culture, the traditions. Um, And there are amazing photographs um, that take you to markets, to hill towns, uh, to seaside villages. There's essays. Uh, National Geographic is known for their storytelling, and so they hired two writers, both Italy experts, that really tell you about local traditions, uh, festivals, local wines, uh, ingredients that may be um, particular to Liguria or the Veneto or to Sicily, so that with the recipes, you really get a sense of going there. I mean, this is a book that really you can be reading this in um, an armchair and feel like you are getting a trip to Italy. Absolutely. You can pour yourself a glass of wine and curl up next to the fire this fall and just 
thumb through this and really just get lost in being in Italy. And, and you talk about how the geography of Italy kind of dictates the, the cuisine of that region. And, and so you, you break it down in northern and central and southern Italy. And if you kind of want to take us through all those, you know, differences briefly, if, because you, you're such an expert on, on the country. Yeah, the two things that are really interesting about Italy are, first of all, from a political perspective, it wasn't a unified country until the late 19th century. And so um, in contrast to France, for instance, where there was a cuisine that was popularized for the entire nation. Yes, there are regional differences, but there really was a nation state and the cultural artifacts that come with having a nation state that goes back centuries, as opposed to Italy, where there really was no Italian state until the late 19th century. So the second thing is geography. Um, you know, the Alps in the north, uh, the weather is cold, uh, especially in the winter. Um, yes, it gets warmer in the summer, but it looks, it feels more like the climate in Colorado or New England. And then, of course, you get to uh, the south, to Sicily or Calabria or Puglia, and it's it's hot, it's sunny, it's more like the, the culture and the cuisine and the climate of North Africa. And so, for instance, in the north, there's a lot of butter uh, because there's cows and uh, a wide variety of cheeses, a polenta, uh, the Italian cornmeal grows in the north. Uh, buckwheat, for instance, grows in the north, and so you get buckwheat pasta. In the south, it's all olive oil all the time. Uh, there's not that much dairy. There's not that much meat. Um, there's a lot of seafood. Uh, there's greens and tomatoes and garlic and chili peppers. So those flavors really change as you go from north to south. Well, and it, it seems like a very extensive and comprehensive guide for us, but you, you picked a 100 recipes, and that had to be a tough decision because – I know there were more than that that didn't make the cut. So do you think we'll see a Tasting Italy too, maybe someday? We started out a list with 300 recipes in order to get down to 100. And we were thinking about what are the dishes that really tell the story of each region. Um, we also wanted to make sure that every chapter, each region didn't have pasta so that there's a wide variety of mm -hmm. dishes. There's seafood dishes, there's appetizers, there's desserts. Um, and we also were thinking about the stories that the partners at National Geographic were going to be telling and thought, well, are there recipes that kind of can bring this to life for people? And so uh, it was a really fun project. It was truly an embarrassment of riches. Um, but I think <laughs> the 100 recipes really capture the flavor of Italy. They really, really do. And, and it is so much more than just pasta. I think Americans, and I'm not sure if it's worldwide, but Americans for sure, I think, uh, especially if they haven't been to Italy, are thinking spaghetti, ravioli, you know, um, uh, anything that's kind of pasta-based. And you lay it out so beautifully here in Tasting Italy that it is so much more than that. It is so diverse. There is so many seafood dishes and there's steak you had steak and olive oil and lemons and oh my gosh I can't wait to well I'm not going to make it but I'm going to pass it to my husband who's the cook in our family and uh, and I'm going to have him make it I've already dog-eared pages I'm like we're having this and we're having this and we're having this and it's so user-friendly you really try to um, 
have the home cook in mind. It seemed to me throughout the book to uh, make it okay to use modern conveniences to kind of simplify the recipe, um, to make it having ingredients that were kind of readily available to us here, to having things that were simple to make all the way up to things that maybe uh, someone with a little more experience would like to have a hand in in trying. So it really seems like you were in touch with your audience and your readers and and people who love to cook because you took so many steps to accommodate them throughout the book. Yeah, really, that's the hallmark of what we do at America's Test Kitchen, which is that we want to make recipes that will work for people at home. And so, you know, the great thing about doing a book about Italy is that Italy and the recipes of each of these regions, they're really home cooking. So we're not taking chef recipes or restaurant recipes and trying to adapt them for home. These are really things that Italians make at home. Uh, in terms of the ingredients, you know, the great thing is that you can now get pretty much everything. Um, but we're not averse to using a food processor instead of a mortar and pestle. Um, nothing, I love a good mortar and pestle, but if it's faster and easier and more reliable to use a modern tool, uh, we certainly will go ahead and recommend that in recipes so that the food is accessible. You know, we want people to make it over and over again. Yeah, and, and maybe somebody start their own tradition within their home. I know my sister and brother-in-law a couple of years ago, they went to Tuscany to a cooking school there for a week. And it was really one of the best experiences really of their life. They they still talk about it. And we eat when we go to their house. They still just cook what they learned in that school. Um I hope she's not listening, but they really haven't branched off from that. But I'm going to give her, her this book for Christmas because they it, – it, sparked a passion in them that they loved so much because they have those memories of being there and what it was like and, and eating with the locals and having the wine. And they've been trying to pass that off through us time and time again through, through what they learn there. And so there's a huge sense of family and community in Italy. And I think that that's what, what they felt. And that's what I feel in this book is that, it's it's friendly. You want us to have people over. You want us to have family over. You want us to try it. You want us to enjoy it. Do it again and and make more recipes throughout the book. Yeah, I think Italian food is just such a joy to prepare, and it's even more fun to eat. So that's what we're really trying to celebrate in the pages of the book. Do do you have a recipe that you might recommend for someone who's who's just a, a beginner? Is there something that stands out in your mind in the book where where maybe someone who isn't really familiar with with cooking Italian food might want to start? Sure, I have a simple soup recipe. So it's getting to be that time of year and we are all going to need simple soup recipes. And this recipe comes from Umbria, which is in central Italy. It's uh south of Tuscany and north of, of um, uh, the Rome area. And uh, it is with one of my favorite ingredients, which is farro. Uh, farro is a whole grain that is uh, related to wheat. And it has a nutty texture and chewy texture, uh, nutty flavor and chewy texture that I just think is wonderful. And the soup is so, so, so simple. We use the blender to uh, break down the farro uh, into smaller pieces. So just simply pulsing the whole grains uh, in the blender about six times, and then we simply cook a little pancetta 
which is unsmoked Italian bacon. You can get it at pretty much every supermarket in the United States now. Uh, then once that has rendered its fat, we cook leeks, carrots, and celery until they're softened and browned. We add chicken broth. If you wanted to add vegetable broth, you could. Um, the farro, um, we uh, uh, bring it to a simmer, uh, and it is tender in 20 to 30 minutes. It finishes with some parsley, salt, and pepper, and then a lot of grated uh, Pecorino Romano cheese, uh, which has that sort of salty, tangy, sharp flavor. Uh, it's a sort of bolder version of uh, Parmigiano um, that is a sheep's milk cheese. And it is just an incredible bowl of um, Italian flavor that is a start-to-finish 45-minute recipe, and half of that time you're just watching the pot bubble away. Mm, try making your house smell really good, too. It will definitely make your house smell great. <laughs> oh, I, I I almost can't wait just for the cold weather to hit. We've had little spurts of it here, but not really the, the real thing yet. But, boy, we just can really get our stoves going when when these holidays hit. You, you touched on, th- throughout the book, uh, you touched on wines a little bit and olive oils and, and truffles. And can, can you talk a little bit, because not all olives or all olive oils are created the same. Yes, so the first thing that you want to look for when you're buying olive oil are the words extra virgin, which means that it has been cold-pressed. They didn't use any chemicals or heat to extract the juice, which is really what olive oil is. It's the juice of a fruit, Um, and you want to have it just pressed with um, stones or other types of presses, not chemicals or heat added, because the heat will destroy the flavor. Um, The second thing uh, that you really want to look for is oil from a single region. There's a lot of what I would call industrial extra virgin olive oil out there, where companies buy oils from 10 different uh, vineyards or groves around the world and basically are making a commodity uh, product that doesn't really reflect the uh, the olives or the region that it comes from. And so by buying something that is grown and bottled in one region, whether that's Italy, Spain, California, those are good signs that it is a superior olive oil. Lastly, uh, dark bottles. They do a better job of uh, making sure that the olive oil stays fresh. Uh, Olive oil does not like light, should not be keeping olive oil on your counter or by your stove. It should be in a dark pantry. And then lastly, if it does have a harvest date, which is what you're really looking for, not a use-by date, uh, olive oil is best within 18 months of the harvest date. So, for instance, if the harvest says um, December of 2017, go ahead and buy that. Um, it's going to be a, a fresh oil from last year's harvest. But if you see a bottle, an old one that says, you know, uh, November 2016, well, that's really at the end of its peak life and losing its flavor and could even becoming rancid. So 18 months is really um, a window where the olive oil is at its prime. Wow, I did not know any of that. That is, uh, that's great. I was making tons of notes while you were out. I'm going to run and tell my husband when I get home today, and he'll probably go, I already knew that, but I didn't. And so that's just, you know, really great information for me. I just learned recently that truffle oil didn't really have truffles in it. So uh, all of this is is new to me. It was just, um, someone said, oh yeah, it's just a taste of truffles, but it's not really, there's no truffles in the truffle oil that you're buying. I'm like, huh. Well, I didn't know that either, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, the, um, 
the wine also, I, I think it's really a good idea to have wines from Italy when you are serving Italian food. I think that just enhances the experience. And, and, and you gave us little, some little information about wines along the way in the book. Yeah, Italy is home to some amazing winemakers, and I think that there's nothing like serving the food of a region with the wine of that region. And their crisp, white, um, fruity wines from the northeast, from the Veneto, from um, the uh, slopes of the Alps that are very much like German and Austrian wines. Their amazing reds from over in the Piedmont. Um, uh, I love the red wines from uh, southern Italy. And so each of them, uh, the climate, the intensity of the sunlight, um, the length of the growing season, the soil uh, will impact the flavor of the wine. And we really talk throughout the book about what are the local wines. And if you are serving a Tuscan meal, um, what's a local wine that you might want to consider? Well, America's Test Kitchen is on PBS. It's the most watched cooking show on public television with nearly 2 million viewers a week. You have a huge audience. They love everything you guys do. They follow you on YouTube and they follow you on Facebook. And, of course, they watch you on TV. And I had gone to Amazon this morning, and they already had a number one bestseller tag on this book. It was number one for the regional cooking. And it's it actually comes out October 23 third but it's available for pre-order now not only through amazon but wherever wherever books are sold so um, i really appreciate jack that you taking the time to come on i know it's gift giving season and this is a wonderful gift uh, for someone who's maybe been to italy or someone who has dreamed of going to italy or of course anyone who loves italian food so it's just a, it's a remarkable book and just congratulations already on this success and i really appreciate you taking the time and come on and and, and talk to all of our foodies here in Seattle about tasting Italy. Well, thanks so much, Lori, and um, I, I hope you enjoy the book and hope your husband cooks for you. He, oh, he, he has no choice. <laughs> thanks, Jack. Bye-bye.